VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to Banjo College Football, uh, the internet's most ethical college football podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Paul, and joining me as always are my two partners in crime, Andrew Stevens and Brian Rippey. Fellas, how are we today? Rip, I'm going to let you ISO on this one. I'll go slightly more optimistic than I were the last time we recorded in terms of like okay. this podcast and like what we will have to talk about for the next couple months. There seems like there's going to at least be an attempt to play some football games, that seems concrete at this point. Would you say agree, disagree? Sure. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. But they might pull the plug before it all started. Like now, which I never really like agreed with that line of thinking because I think no matter how terrible it looked, they had no choice but to try. But now it just looks like they are going to try. Is it going to work? I have no fucking idea. But it looks like they're going to give it an attempt sometime during the fall. It seems like I mean, for major college football is probably out. I'm convinced that y'all are just machinations of my subconscious and that this, uh, whatever this physical reality exists to torture me. And so I'm prepared for a three and a half week college football season where Georgia loses to Alabama week one by 32 points. Um, and then manages to split the next two weeks, and the season is canceled in the middle of week four in the middle of a game. Um, and yeah, so it's it's pretty it's pretty jarring thinking about how close we are and that no official decisions have been made. Because as people on college football Twitter, you know, you see the whole like this many player numbers days until college football, and yeah, that starts in the nineties and then get to the seventies. And now if you're an Alabama fan, you're seeing names like Isaiah Bugs and Jocelyn Fowler, which is in the 40s. So we're getting dangerously close to, <laughs> to the start of the season with no concrete you're, decision. You're starting to, to see so all this. It's, like you said, we're, we're going business as usual. Yeah, I mean, I, I generally like every like 15 to 18 days or so is like I feel like a new mental save point as to where like I – I don't really recognize uh, the time or spatial awareness or anything. It's like, oh, fuck, there were uh, 14 more days where I couldn't tell you uh, one single minute of what happened. And so now that I just looked at the clock and it is July 21st, um, yeah, we are dangerously – I mean, we are at a just college football level of predictability – not having a final decision right now, or not not even a final decision. It appears we don't have uh, a preliminary decision. And I mean, in a, in a normal, sorry, go on, Rip. 
Oh no, sorry. I thought uh, I couldn't hear you. Cut out for a second. I didn't mean to jump in over you. I just I would say you're starting to see this take shape a little bit, right? Of how this is going to look. One, these last major conferences that are holding out hope are basically just killing time to hold out hope for the non-conference games. I think that's probably pretty unrealistic that that's going to happen at this point. Like, why, particularly if you're going to actually have a season to have a playoff. Why the hell would, if you had the Big Ten playing nine, ten games, whatever their conference schedule is, why, if you're the ACC, Big 12, or SEC, why would you want to play Baylor if you're Ole Miss? Not that Ole Miss is going to be in the playoff conversation, but, like, if you're Alabama, why would you want to add Notre Dame if you could just go conference only? Like, why have to play an extra game and then potentially suffer a loss? I think Alabama would kick the living shit out of Notre Dame, but you get my point. So the money it seems like rep, you know, money, yeah, yeah, yeah. T T, you getting all those, you getting all those dumb Catholics to tune in to watch Notre Dame get their shit kicked in. But like, like I just don't see like that the Big Ten decision forcing everyone into a corner. Long story short, I think you're getting a conference season, but you're starting to see who's not going to play. Right, these schools that don't have enough capital to invest in the amount of frequent testing needed. So that's why you're kind of seeing. Like you saw the SWAC, I think, announced move to a spring. You're seeing these other smaller leagues. I think it's going to trickle up all the way to what, like the Sun Belt, something like that. Like I just have a hard time believing a lot of these Conference USA types have the money to keep it going. But what you're starting to see is the huge separation between the haves and the have-nots, where the haves have the money to keep this thing going for at least as long as they like think they can, whereas the have-nots are screw it. We'll see in the spring. Well, Hawaii, they were, Hawaii, I think, just came out and said that uh, they were like, yeah, we've reported no positive tests. And then a bunch of players were like, yeah, you dumb bitches. Y'all haven't been testing us. I didn't see that. <laughs> it took a while, but I can't, believe, I can't believe it took a pandemic for people to realize that there actually is no such thing as equity in college football. It's just like, yeah, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, the Power Five, for the most part, they can – play a season amidst a pandemic because they have the money to do so. Tulsa and Southern Miss and uh got I'm gonna say USF, not the other school in Florida. They can't. They don't have they don't have the resources to and they never have. It took a pandemic for them to realize that, but it's I mean, this is where we've always been. This was something I meant to put in our group before we started recording, but at, to, along what KP just said, I think Bruce Feldman, it was, had a pretty interesting piece in The Athletic at the end of last week where if these school, if these conferences that don't have the resources to do the testing move to the spring, is like what if you start – like if the, the group of five was ever to break away from the power five and all the lower levels go away from the power five, do you now have a spring football season for the group of five and the power fives in the fall? I don't necessarily buy it, but it was a fascinating like premise to consider. Well, something that it that would definitely upend it would definitely upend the recruiting model because I don't know how many guys would be willing to go to USF if they knew that they had that might end up stunting some potential NFL draft stuff. Or you could end up with guys that are still that still end up going there, but they they end up like sitting out their junior or senior years. Like I, I think you could end up with the I'm going to go to Cincinnati or whatever. See, but that's the problem though is. You, when you make this arbitrary divide, like I do recognize that money falls along conference ties to where like Rutgers actually is a lot more profitable than like Cincinnati or Memphis. But like, 
I've always thought that like the teams that you would actually want to watch in the spring are going to be the ones that are going to end up telling you to fuck yourselves about this because like at no point is like Boise is going to be like we've had more guys drafted than probably half the power five over the last decade like we've pulled better ratings we've beat bigger teams and so I don't think that like your top end I mean like I know we joke about it a lot, but like there's a group of five school with like a non zero percent claim to a national championship this decade. I mean, it's not a hundred, it's certainly not legitimate, but I mean, like they went 12 and 0 and didn't just beat like the bottom of the barrel. And so, or 14 and 0 or whatever the fuck it was. And so, like, I, I don't think you're going to end up with a spring football schedule, but I definitely do think that like, the way it was framed and which I, I agreed with a spring football schedule, like a spring group of five football would be the most, the, the second most, like it would be more popular than the MLB. Yeah. And you're talking about the, you were talking about the schools that don't want to do it. You're totally right, but you're basically talking about the American conference plus Boise. Are you not at this point? Yeah. Yeah. It's that, Pretty it's much. that level where they, think they belong and they should probably get a crack at it. Cause you talk about major TV markets, you know, Dallas with SMU, Cincinnati, you know, Orlando, all that, but they just don't have a seat at the table and they're going to keep holding out hope to get one, but it doesn't look like it's coming anytime soon. So KP, just historically, what what do you think the AAC – now, I mean, granted, this is like 07, like West Virginia was a, a play away or, or a, a game away essentially from the national championship, but like where do you see the current AAC set up from like what the former Big East was? Like – and obviously not the Big East of old that was like VT, Miami, all the like, – like post-gutted from the ACC, but – pre like actually getting disbanded from like group of six, if you will, like, where do you think the AAC currently like could an extension to those schools be made where it's like, all right, we're a power six conference. We'll call you all the Metro conference. Y'all are in big cities. You'll have more recruiting access here are TV deals. And then at the expense, all of those Sunbelt schools are going to end up playing in the spring. Like what, what do y'all think? So I think it's kind of a, it could be a combination of two things. Number one, I think they were, I really think that the power five was going to try to go private equity on the AAC. I mean, we saw, you know, the big 12 openly consider Houston, but that was the worst kept secret in the world. Um, You know, the ACC, when they eventually go to 16 teams are most likely going to add USF and UCF. Uh, It's, I think that's the most likely scenario. Um, But also it's just, I do think, man, this is laying the this entire pandemic is laying the framework for a future uh, secession um, from the NCAA. Once the TV deals run out, and once they renegotiate to all line up, it's basically like when LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Bosh all had their contracts expire at the same time, uh, just <laughs> just so they could all go to the Heat the same summer. I do think at some point in the next ten to fifteen years, or whenever these deals run out, you'll see the Power Five and probably most of the American secede from the NCAA. Um, but th- there, there, there's, a, there's a very easy future to see teams like Houston, Memphis, UCF, USF be far, power five teams within the next 20 years. That's happening. And it would work and they deserve it. This was the argument I always got on with people with the guys on the radio show is like they would always dump on UCF and USF. And I'm like, 
Well, what's the difference between them and TCU? Like TCU is a classic test case here. They got in a big conference and guess what? They started getting better players and now they actually compete and how they got screwed out of the playoff the first year the playoff was admitted. So like, like there's like, to me, there seems to be a sentiment out there that these schools would never compete with all in actuality with the markets they're in. All you'd have to do is actually put them in a major conference. And I think they would all start competing immediately. Like, oh, yeah, no, how would, TCU, how would TCU get players in Fort Worth, Texas? Exactly. Like, I don't get the other side of that argument. I was going to the, the amount of guys that have played major college football in Morgantown, West Virginia, and Starkville, Mississippi, acting like an 18-year-old couldn't be sold on Houston, Texas is wild to me. Even Oxford to some degree. Like, it's a cool little town, but you're going to put a kid in Fort Worth, Texas versus Oxford, and you're going to tell him it's not a hard decision? Like, Yeah, all the – I mean, all these kids, all they want is name like, – like, so much of this stuff right now is, all right, here we go, I'm putting on my boomer hat. But, like, so, so much of this is, like, branding decisions from these younger kids. Like, they – 10 years ago, no, they wouldn't have gone to TCU even with the same offer because TCU wasn't shit. But now they are maybe not 10 years ago, 20 years, like, like pre, pre what's his name? Um, uh, Damian Tomlinson. But like, you're, you're talking about a situation where like these kids just want to be sold on like what's hip right now. Like Georgia football sucks shit for the last 40 years. I mean, like not suck shit, but like on a very nationally prominent level, Kirby came in. They said, all right, here's a cool college town. We got a lot of talent from Georgia. We got a lot of talent from the city of Atlanta. Uh, Georgia's cool now. Like that's really all you have to do. And like to be quote unquote cool now, you have to be in a major conference because going to the NFL is cool. Having people recognize you just because of the school you go to is cool. And the crazy thing about that is like they have all of the infrastructure there. They literally just don't have the TV contract. Like they're doing the stadium renovations. They're doing the locker room renovations. They have what 65,000 people going to these games. And so like literally everything is there except that like last bit of validation. And once that validation's there, I think you start seeing not just the occasional four star who wants to stay home, but you're going to start seeing real national draw from some of these places. Yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Ed Oliver Ed Oliver was a five-star defensive lineman and was going to be a star wherever he went. And when someone asked, why'd you pick Houston? He was like, dude, I, cause I like Houston and I liked the coaches there. And it was as simple as that. And Ed Oliver committing Houston got put on TV like three or four times a season, like nationally televised games on Thursday nights or in good Saturday spots. And now Houston is like routinely pulling in like top 50 recruiting classes, which for them is kind of, you know, insane when you think about where they were just 10, 15 years ago. So it, it, it's not hard it, to envision the fact, to envision that. And wasn't it his freshman year where they beat Oklahoma and Atlanta? He, they beat them in Houston, but yeah, they beat. It was a neutral site. Yeah, game was, that that, was that that like 100 yard like missed kick return? Yeah, the only time that ever happened in college football history. Yeah, um, it is actually the only time that I've ever seen a missed kick be returned for a touchdown. But yeah. it is like totally superficial because I remember I talked to two years ago. Ole Miss like debuted some white helmets, and the fans got really mad because they view their helmets as traditional and steeped in history. I mean, if you talk to some Ole Miss people, you would think their helmets like you you would think they went to Michigan. Like they talk about like the history of their jerseys and all that stuff. And I was talking to a staffer. And I was like, "Like, do y'all care that some of the fans get pissed that y'all are starting to wear white helmets? And he was like, I don't give a flying fuck. The kids like it. They love the white helmet. They think it looks cool. So that is literally the only reason we are doing this. 
Dude, Ohio Which State. Is, Ohio State is arguably the you know the most consistently great college football program in the history of college football, and they have like six or seven alternate uniforms. Urban Meyer came out and said it's like, yeah, I don't like black uniforms, but the players love them, and the players that were trying to recruit love them too. So it's you know it's out of my hands really. <laughs> Like, George is running into a situation now, and if you're familiar with SEC football, you know the absolute torture chamber that has been Georgia in black uniforms. But, like, the the kids that are coming in, like, were almost not even born at the point at which these uniforms became this, like, uh, this absolute PTSD point of massacre or whatever. Like they, they, they wore them again in 07 and they debuted them against Auburn and they, Georgia kicked the shit out of Auburn. And then they tried to bring them out the next year against Bama. And I mean, Bama skull drugged them up and down the field and they literally haven't busted them out since, except for like Kirby brought them back for a noon game against ULL. And it's like, you have and these jerseys. <laughs> No, 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 no. We almost lost to Nichols that year. We beat Anthony Jennings, former LSU quarterback Anthony Jennings, by two full touchdowns. (laughs) But no, that's the whole thing. How how more college football coaches don't see that, like, oh, yeah, it's not – innately Oregon Eugene Oregon in Clemson South Carolina that makes these pe- like these places appear like it's it's been wild to me that like you can take the, you can literally just cultivate hype out of thin air like you build a big ass practice facility you have cool uniforms and like the fact that schools with legitimate tradition and like history and 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 national prowess can't like really hone in on that is crazy to me. Like I think LSU's done a really good job. I think Georgia post 2016 with Kirby has done a really good job. I mean Bama just unveiled their new locker room and stuff. And so I think people are coming around to it. But like from a 25, 26 year old's perspective, this seems like the most obvious thing in the world. Just like put your fucking pride aside and do what the kids like. You're not fucking paying them. I like the whole. I like the idea of creating hype out of nowhere because it's so true. But in some ways, it's almost like politics. You can come up with whatever some slogan that panders to your base, and it does not have to be rooted in fact at all. But if it sounds catchy, everyone's going to yell it, and they're going to be like, "Hell yeah, let's get the ball rolling on this." And it's kind of similar in some ways. It, we need to it start reminds a three, three or three word chant at banjo here. <laughs> it reminds me of back in 2013. I remember uh, there was. In the Alabama bookstore, they debuted like a black Bama jersey, and the lettering was like a gray charcoal sort of with like red lining. And the jersey itself looked cool as hell. And it was like they debuted them in the bookstore the same week we were playing Ole Miss in a night game. And you would literally think they were trying to integrate campus again the way people started to ride it <laughs> against those jerseys. Uh, they and it's like we were never in danger, quote unquote, of wearing them against Ole Miss. But it's just, dude, it's a it's a football jersey. You're not paying the players, and if they want to look, I don't care about Bama's uniforms that much at all. If we have to wear a green jersey to have the number one class every single year, I'll do it. I don't care. It's not it's not important. Bama, Bama rocking a crimson and green Christmas themed jersey for bowl games would be fucking sick. Are you kidding me? Saban coaching on the sideline with like a little elf hat. Oh, oh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Look, if that was the difference, if, if that's the difference between us getting Derrick Henry and not, I'll do it every single time. 
Absolutely. Now, I will say this is just a this is just me being annoying as a fan of a team with black as one of their main colors. But I really I I I don't like when you uh, when teams like Bama use our culture as a costume and just you get to decide that black is now one of your uniform colors as well. Cough, Mississippi State. Oh, my God. A&M. Are you kidding me? baseball jerseys when I was growing up. That is a, an affront to God. We don't speak about the smoke of all era in this chat, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, all of our. I was about to say yeah. that is that is a joke that uh, four people got. Speaking of smoke, Laval, not really, guys. But as sports begin to return, so does your chance there to bet on them. With Dude, our- okay, hold on. Hey, I can I can interrupt here because they're only just going to bitch at me. I mean, God's worst transition on earth. I mean, all right, we're going to get into ads now, but KP, come on, man. We we rip our fans don't our, the listeners don't deserve dog shit, but Rippy and I deserve something better than that. I give uh, that one a thumbs up. I offer cheesy segues. I, right. I my old podcast had a meat sponsor, and I would come up with some pretty creative and childish ways to roll into those ads. I'm excited, Rippy. Start thinking of your transition. We got we got three ads for you folks. So if y'all want to, actually, I, I don't think I'm allowed to tell y'all. You you can skip right now. Uh, listen to the whole thing because they're gonna be funny. All right, go KP. Listen, as sports begin to return, so does your chance to bet on them recklessly with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. With UFC, NASCAR, Formula One, and the EPL in full swing, there's no shortage of ways to get in on the action and bet half your rent money. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL Madden games, NBA 2K, and UFC happening every day for you to watch and wager on. As the MLB, NBA, and NFL near a return that will absolutely conclude with the ending of those seasons, BetOnline has futures odds on everything you can imagine, season win totals, division odds, and championship odds. Make sure to visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device to join now and receive your new bonus. That's betonline.ag. They didn't even give us a promo code. They just want us to say, uh, we like armchair, go and, go and visit Bet Online." That's how you know you made it. They want your money. And they, you want, can, they, no, you, they want you to make money. Folks, it's free money. It, I've never lost gambling. I'm not, not one single time have I ever placed a losing bet. And I know Rippy is the exact same. Look. A Who's man wearing what? It's not gambling if you know you're going to win. Who said anything about gambling? That's what I'm saying. This is sure as shit money. It's in uh, but yeah, betonline.ag. Um, Rippy, now, uh, now your ad. Oh, we're going back to back. I can't even think of a good segue. Uh, ow, ow, ow. Oh no. Ow, ow, shit. Ow, shit. Oh, oh, ow. Omg. F star, that uh, dollar sign, hash sign K, whatever comes to mind. OMG, those are the screams I used to make when I cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks into multiple peaks. Ooh, nice. Talk- Ooh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaped, uh, we have been sponsored by Blue Chew before, but no, this is, in fact, Manscaped. I'm just won't you totally tell us about the story? Yeah, tell us tell us about it. Oh no, don't tell. Do not read. Oh, <laughs> I'm I'm not supposed to read the do not read part. Okay, I, I, just, I, I was about to say 
I see. Post where he to talk about balls. a time where he cut his balls manscaping. This is uh, our CEO, guys. Do we have any stories about when we cut our balls? Man, I don't think I've had any 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 uh, below the belt act. Christ, yeah. that sucked. I've had a thousand there, but if you're if you want to ensure the fact that you're going to bat a thousand. Use Manscaped's third-generation trimmer featuring advanced skin-safe technology so, so to keep your bad boys nice and smooth. The Manscaped engineering team obsesses over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They fit 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This thing's a zero turn, I hear. When you tell <laughs> this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes. If it takes Wait, hold hold the hold 90 hold minutes, you should have shaved long ago. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, can I pause you right there? Go um, ahead. Uh, their battery technology, amazing. I, second to none, unbelievable. We might need to, Elon Musk might need to hit them up about mining lithium in Bolivia or something. But if you need 90 minutes to shave your balls, man, ah. Uh, Call somebody, adopt somebody, euthanize yourself. I don't know, but if if you're spending ninety minutes down there, we got a problem, folks. Yeah, I was about to say you're about six months too late to getting after it if you spent ninety minutes shaving it. And then here's another troubling feature that I'm props to Manscaped for being a prepared for the uh, rapture, but I'm not sure why you would need this. Why do you need an LED light to shave? Where are you shaving in a cave? Maybe you're an outdoorsman. I don't know. But one of the coolest features is an LED light that illuminates grooming areas. For closer and more precise trimming, let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this is intelligently designed and convenient docking dock charging station powered by USB. So many people have written stories about the Lawnmower 3.0 has changed lives, even included in pit, in, included pics so I, they could see the smoothness, or I could see the smoothness for myself. No one's ever asked. Hey, guys, that wasn't part of the ad copy. Rippy was Rippy was soloing there. Yeah, I'm asking you to send me your landing strips. Anyway, end ad read. Get 20% off free shipping with your code armchair. Your balls will thank you. Yeah, manscape.com folks, code armchair. They don't uh they they don't trust us as much with good reason like bet online. So we do need y'all to go there uh so I can stay employed. Uh, that would be nice. Like a split hog. That was smooth. Yeah, no, we we absolutely swish nailed that one. That is certainly one of the ones I will be sending them a link to. No. They're probably gonna have okay. it on their for now. Um okay, last one. Uh if you are a black creative under the age of twenty-one. Uh, send an email to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. We are looking to give away money. Uh, we have four or $500 scholarships and um, we are in need of some more applicants. And so if you or someone that you may know fits the description, it would be very cool if we could get in touch with them. We've partnered with Pedal, which is uh, one of our friends' companies that has allowed us to crowdfund some other scholarships. Chisa, if you were listening to this, shouts out. Um, but yeah, go to or send an email to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com and basically just uh, a work sample. So whether it is creative writing, whether it is some sort of art, whether it's graphic design, whether it's me telling myself to go fuck myself for 45 straight minutes, uh, whatever you consider art, we will uh, take. We will take the best four and we will send you all $500 at the beginning of September. Um, and so we got about a month or so left but um yeah back to the show guys 
we got to just start doing like seven or eight ads. I mean, that that killed a significant amount of this recording time. Oh, that could have been the entire show. That was great. That could have been the whole show. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't really know. I mean, uh, I don't should know. we read our reviews? Let's read a couple. Oh, of reviews. we read our reviews. Our reviews. A whole business segment. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. So, folks, um, as always, uh, you know, subscribe, so download, and give us a five star yeah. review. You know what? Dog shit, though. I'm. I'm. I, when you search banjo on the iTunes or the podcast chart. Every single one is Banjo Hangout Top 100 Newest Bluegrass. They have a fucking monopoly on the Banjo iTunes search market. And so I need y'all to make this podcast more popular so we're not drowned out by the dulcet tones of stupid banjo music. There's enough enough new bluegrass music being released to have a Top 100 chart that often. Apparently, I, I I don't listen to bluegrass music, but apparently it's still being made. I guess it's a kind of sad time. Grab a bottle of whiskey and uh, sit in the corner, listen to some bluegrass music. But it's a podcast, though. What I'm going to go That's, look at. I, oh I, God. Yeah, I don't want a bluegrass music podcast. All right, reviews All right. Uh, from Smiley Face. Uh, message Smiley Face. Uh, body of message Smiley Face. Thank you, Smiley Face. Like, um, what are these? I'm trying to find these. Is this on uh, Apple? Yeah, go to Banjo CFB. All right, we got one from uh, – it's called Great Cast from Horrendous Takes. Uh, he says, Kirby loves the police. Um, I mean, uh, spot the lock. As, um, as, we Georgia, have, as Georgia football head coach, Kirby is required to love the police. That's in the contract. He is, I was about to say, it, to, in order to get that Ford dealership, you have to sign uh, a Blue Lives Matter pledge. Um, <laughs> this one says, I hate both of you. Um, I'm not sure which two of us he's talking about, but he says, I'm for the abolition of the police except to arrest the three hosts of this show. All right. That's great. Getting arrested, real bummer. Yeah, that would be – oh, man. Um, sure would hate that. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say, protests we were at, a bunch of people got arrested this past week. Baton Rouge police, good fucking job. Absolute incompetent limp dick morons. Um, all right, that was not a review. That was uh, just me. Let's see. Um, the people behind this podcast truly make it worth li- – oh, boo, boo, boo. Smart and funny guys who are able to do and enjoy the structure is laid back. All right, whoever, whoever oh, Christian oh, is – Kristen, I mean, we appreciate it, but come on, come on. Uh, it looks like K- definitely not KP left a review. It says, this is definitely not KP, but great job by everybody else. Um, and then we have one that says, ultimately, I was given no choice but to love this podcast. Uh, to uh, whoever is a girlfriend and or parent of the show, I do appreciate uh, you leaving a review. Thanks, Anna. So again, ban- <laughs> Banjo CFD, iTunes. Leave a review. You will get uh, some mumbled message like that where your name isn't read aloud. Um, but what else has been going on, guys? Um, I got a tattoo this past weekend, and my dad was very, very proud of me and definitely didn't uh, text me right before it saying, don't do it. But it I've got a dumb question. Yeah. So your tattoo, I enjoyed it. It has colors. So are we to the age of now where permanent tattoos can't have colors? Can or cannot? Can. Obviously, yours had colors. Like, when yeah. is that a true development or wait, how long has that been around? 
What it, it was that a thing that it couldn't happen? Was there a, like a Mississippi law or something that just got repealed? Maybe my mom just told me that when I was a kid, so I wouldn't get a tattoo. But I was always told growing up, maybe it's just a complete fabrication that of my upbringing. But I was told that colored tattoos were not permanent; that you could eventually get those off. But the black and white ones, uh, you know, permanent. You're not getting those bad boys off. So that's apparently just a lie. You can have colored ink. Well, you know what's impressive is I think your mother managed to lie to you in two separate ways because not only. <laughs> Are both of them permanent? Everything that was put on me is very permanent. It is the color that if I were to want to get it removed at some point would be very difficult to get removed. Yeah, so no, if you're okay. if you're looking well, at between that Yeah, if you're looking that, at that to uh go black and white if you might want to get it removed. Okay. So between that, dressing me in jorts and assessing me a double name that makes no fucking sense. My mom really set me back here, but I appreciate you yeah. setting me straight. I was about to say, and a life, a lifelong Ole Miss fan. So, yeah, she abs- absolutely put you behind it. Yeah. All right. All right uh, we're back, KP. I don't even know if we need to start uh, saying we're back. Uh, none of y'all are smart enough to see if we cut out here. But um, KP cut out uh, from his audio. Again, we're going to kill him. Uh, we were discussing um, the – we're either going to name my tattoo Benito or Adolf. I think that was uh, – those were the two the two suggestions that were provided to me. We had some good Dark ones. Horse um, yes, yes. How did we get uh, down to those two? What? Uh, well, down to those two names. Well, no. Andrew's Casey a big fascism. Andrew's a big fascism guy. That's Yeah, uh, big, big, big <laughs> I, I don't know if y'all followed me online. Go check through my likes. Uh, big, big authoritarian regime, man. Um, but I have decided to officially name the tattoo uh, Maurice Podoloff um, after the uh, first commissioner of the NBA. He just kind of looks like a Maurice Podoloff. I'm not 100% sure why, but um, I figured some very convoluted name that not a whole lot of people knew the answer to would be best because that's what everyone wants is more people asking uh, the deep meaning behind your tattoo and not uh, the world is ending. Who fucking cares what I get put on my body? My parents didn't like that. uh, Didn't like that answer. Yeah. So that, uh, that is that's just, I, I've got my second one plotted out though. I think I'm going to get a, a Snoopy on my on my arm here. Um, but after that, I think I'm going to uh, calm down on the inkings for a little while. They're not cheap, which I mean they're on forever, so I get. But uh, pay your yeah. pay your artists, people. Pay your artists. Yeah, and uh, also you're supposed to tip tattoo artists. Uh, I did. I did not know that uh, until uh, googling it as I walked into the shop. But um, that's also something. So I'm I'm interested by that, and obviously I I, I think I ended up tipping him twenty percent. It was like I think the tattoo was two hundred bucks, and I, I gave him two fifty. But um, I am interested that like it's an industry where you set your own price too, and so like uh, obviously like the American like service economy is very heavy, like like it's predicated that you tip people in the service industry and as someone who has worked in the service industry very okay with that yada 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 they should pay people in the service industry more but i am interested that like 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 if you if you generally assume that most people are going to tip 10 to 20 percent like then why don't you like sort of like one of those things for like a haircut or something like like it's not necessarily a meal where like i'm choosing what i order and i'm going to tip based on top of that it's like you are the one that is setting the price like what like i would have paid 250 if you would have said to so 
I don't know. Like, I, I certainly didn't have a problem with it, but it's just sort of weird the way that the American tip economy is set up. Like, when you set your own prices, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Was that on this podcast where we were talking about like things that people say in life that are aren't true and not true? One of the things that you mentioned the food service thing that I found that is just absolutely true. If you work in the food service industry of any kind, I worked at Nukes, not even a real restaurant, like in terms of like server. But you were an asshole to anyone in the food service industry if you spent like a week working in it minimum. Like that oh, is, that is absolutely- I mean, I'm telling you, I really do think that like we should have some sort of American training program where like you take a gap year between high school and college and have to work the service industry. I agree. It makes me my like skin crawl now if I'm ever in like a party with anyone and someone's even like remotely rude to a waitress or a hostess and it, just, it like it makes me uncomfortable. Oh, I can't even like look, yeah. up, look at them. It, it is like a good it, it is a very good though like like date indicator though. Like it's one of those things where it's like if like if you even so much as like say a crossword to a waiter, I'm gonna look at you a little bit weird. Or like, I, like or like if 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 you're if you're the one paying for the date, like if you're not like I'm not looking at the bill, but like I need you to tip at least 20. Like my tipping thing is like you could spit in my food, tell me you don't respect me, and tell me you spit in my food, and I'm gonna tip you 20%. Like if you have really good service, I'll probably tip you 30%. But like if I'm walking into an establishment, like your time being there is at least worth me tipping you 20%. You'd have to like physically assault me. Like you punch me, like maybe we're going down to 10. Yeah, we're, we might yeah. be at 15. I'll still come back. Um, I might request you again, but I probably deserved it. Right. If you insult my mother to her face, it's like, all right, cool. You get 13%. Like that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. But again, it, maybe, it, she, maybe she deserved it. It will take someone literally wearing a swastika armband while serving me for me not to tip them. It, I think that's well, uh, that's my line. KP, based on uh, the donation tr- political donation trends, um, it might not be far off over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, that's that. Let's just say that our our favorite sports trivia restaurant, Pluckers, uh, they seem to be uh, aligned with. Uh, my two quarterbacks, Drew Brees and Jake Fromm, on uh, their views of the world. Was it, was it wasn't that disproved though? Like it wasn't was it Pluckers that donated the money, or was it the Pluckers CEO? That it's probably the Pluckers CEO. I mean, that guy probably so he's from he's from Austin, Texas. He's got to suck shit in some way. What is Pluckers like? Is it what is that wings? Yeah, it's like a it's a wing bar. I, mean, I guess it's a uh, it's a chain, but there's probably I think it's a Louisiana and Texas chain. But it's where we do they they do sports trivia there in Baton Rouge, sort of every Tuesday. Well, they used to, but yeah, we do have like two hundred and fifty dollars in just free, free Pluckers gift cards. So I would like to have some sort of uh, quarantine blowout and eat nothing but forty seven buffalo wings. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'll, God, I'll see. I'll see you on Monday, Andrew. <laughs> Oh wait, are you coming into town? That's yeah, that's big news. Uh, I actually, this is my last recording from New York for a few weeks. Um, I will be returning to my ancestral homeland of Louisiana this Saturday. Uh, so Andrew and I might be able to record in person at some point. Boo. Wait, actually, what day are you getting home? I'm getting home Saturday at like seven p.m. Is when my flight oh, yeah. gets to Baton Rouge. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving for ten days on Friday. I forgot about of that. Of course. Ow. That's amazing. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I'm going to the other coast. Um, I was told I'm, I'm going to stay with a friend who 
this is how fucked up of a world we live in. The most, uh, the most comforting words I think that you can receive from a friend who you are about to go stay with is, "Don't worry, I already had Corona." Both of my, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that is definitely true. It's. <laughs> So I was like, I was, I was, I was a little bit wary about it because I was like, I don't necessarily think that. Uh, I was like, even though I'm driving, like, might not be a good idea. And they're like, I already have Corona. All right, see you on Saturday morning. But I'm actually and, Andrew is Andrew has Wait, a first ticket, a first class flight to Antibodyville. I'm sorry, Rip, what were you saying? And I was just saying that I'm actually currently like uh, quarantined. Technically, I'm at my parents' place that they have in Oxford. Both of my roommates have it. And I got lucky coming back from Fort Worth. I found this out as they were coming back, as I was coming back from Fort Worth. So I just came straight here. So I still haven't like actually been in my room in my house in like a month. Oh, God. <laughs> when we were on the way back from on, on our, our San Fran trip, my brother, uh, my brother called us like as we were in the middle of the Arizona desert, like – as maybe as just about as far away as you can be from home and like been driving for 24 straight hours. And he was like, yeah, by the way, uh, y'all might need to like find another place to stay when y'all get home because um, somebody I work with has coronavirus and I've been exposed to them. And I was like, absolute swish uh, that I'm, I'm really, really enjoying uh, this, this five day road trip that is, or this eight day road trip that is going to end with uh, me sleeping under the house. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with, uh, with Andrew not being allowed to see his family ever again, potentially, uh, I think that's a good place for us to end boys. Uh, You know, folks, as always, thanks for listening uh, to Banjo CFB. Uh, please subscribe, you know, rate us five stars, leave a review, download, any and everything helps. Uh, we really appreciate carrier you listening. Pigeon, carrier pigeons, scream from yeah, the roof. Yeah, you know, carrier pigeons, notes in a bottle. Uh, notes in a bottle. That would be, we need to bring back notes in a bottle. Maybe I'll go I'll, in the Atlantic this this next weekend. I'll go and look and see if anyone has uh, said anything. I'm going to pull it up, and it's going to just say Georgia hasn't won a national championship since 1980. Um, uh, we know you guys might be a little worried about whether or not there's football. As our, I wouldn't say we're worried, but we're just confused. Oh, no. Black-pilled, black-pilled baby. Uh, Football's but, never happened again. But uh, in the case that there isn't football, we are cooking up a couple of things for you guys um, for in-season content. So stay tuned for that. Uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Go dog. They're calling me. I'm running.